Everything you can think of with that He Man, She Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power! That Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Dooch. We're here with episode 111. And as always, I'm joined by the heroic Skavar. How you doing today? Skavar. Skavar. <laughs> I never thought I'd actually have that kind of a moment in my life. That's really cool. I get to actually have like a he man, he man. <laughs> so that works. We need to get Matt Rod to start uh, putting some commercials together. I know. I know. That he, would be we're, cool. We're still a little bit away from the actual physical release, but uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. We're gonna we're gonna have to get something going here. That would be fun. I I'd be willing to be a part of it and be like one of those kids. I look childish. We Not should, like a kid, but childish. We so, should have done that Legion's con. I know he only had the the test shots. Yeah. But damn it, we should have we should have sat down like the the three of us and like yeah yeah. Oh no, Vasipo, it's General Seros. I'm here to conquer you. <laughs> I like how you go to the in the, cult, in the middle. Legion's con. What are those crazy a holes doing? Oh, they're just filming <laughs> a toy commercial. <laughs> Dude, we could have gone over to the house seals table and used yeah. our freaking dwarf playset. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. damn it! Wreck the table. Anthony would want to kill all three of us. He we run away does. laughing. Yeah, all yeah. sorts of goodness. Happiness <laughs> ensues. Happiness ensues. Exactly. My fa- one of my favorite lines, other than "I'm easy." Oh, and you are easy. I am easy. That's that's annoyingly true. But yes. <laughs> I guess I guess it's legit. Um, it's I mean, number one, it's been a while since we've even done uh, the podcast. It was before Legion's Con. It's right? been it's been a oh, hot we did one at Legion's Con that was just you and I talking about the the trailer. Right, right. But yep. then we haven't done one since before that. So yeah, we got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> we do for so so for those who don't know what we're talking about. Um, at Legion's Con, Defenders of Eden, Armies of Ashmore showed off their newest figure. Um, and that was... What was it, Sean? 
Ivar. He just put this out today, actually, and it's got yeah, the legit name on it. See so, which group he? Where did he put that? I was trying to share it here. Defenders of Eden group, Toys? and then I also shared it. Uh, that right now is the profile image. Plus, then I shared it on my uh, my Facebook this morning when I saw he posted it like four hours before I even was up that morning. No, he did it on the Defenders of Eden. So he's got Defenders of Eden, he's got Defenders of Eden toy, and then he's got... Yeah. So. Yeah. But that is the legit... I, I would say that's the le legit CJ Edwards and Andrew Kramer artwork for the character. Um yeah, there you go, which is basically like a giant snapping turtle character that's new to the uh, Armies of Ashmore line. Yep, yep. That'll be coming up soon, we hope, in the next wave for uh, pre-order. I think he's pretty uh, set on getting wave one in hands before he solicits wave two. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is coming along very quickly. We, we did get to hold the test shots. Uh, at Legion's Con, I uh, got a chance to play with those. These things are turning out amazing. They're massive. The articulation is tight and on point. Uh, they're fun to play with, and they just—they feel so solid and bulky in your hands. Like I know people gave him grief about the price point on these things, but like I—I I still say they're a steal. Like for what you're getting, the swappability, the articulation, mm -hmm. everything. Like I said, it's it's a beefy figure. Um, for you Masters fans, think think of like holding a Shadow Beast in your hands. Oh, I did something. Uh, think of holding like a, a classic Shadow Beast in your hands, but with like killer articulation. Like that's the bulk of these guys. But much heavier, too, because the Shadow Beast, that one, that's like a hollowed figure. Yeah. Uh, these are legit, like, hunks of plastic. Uh, I mean, like, when I saw them, it, it it's like your, your looks are deceiving. You see them, and then at the table, because they are able to be, the articulation is able to be played with and stuff. Um, and I was like, yeah, go ahead, you know, pick one up, yep. play with it, pose it. I pick it up and it's like five pounds in my hand. And I'm, I was not prepared that it was five pounds in my hand, you know? And so on, on the Kickstarter, he did have the line, you know, um, about, about prepare your shelves, you know, like reinforce mm -hmm. your shelving for these guys. And I can honestly say that is not just a joke. That is legit. You are going to have probably 20 pounds of plastic on your shelf when you get the first wave. Absolutely. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was already looking forward to it before, but then that whole thing was like, okay. <laughs> now, now, it's like, I honestly, when the Armies of Ashmore wave was finished, I was like, okay, I, there are certain human characters that I knew he had in his stories yep. that I was looking forward to, but now I'm like, well, what other armies of Ashmore characters is he going to bring out other than just the Skavar on top of that now? So, um, so yeah, call me intrigued on top of just, you know, geeking out 24-7 about that. So, Yep, and uh, I know he's, uh, I talked to him recently here. He is hoping to have the backer kit up 
pretty soon here. So if you've already pre-ordered through the Kickstarter, you can add on uh, to your order and everything. And then um, uh, he's been he's been teasing some some of the comic art that's coming with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if I I can say anything, but I definitely know that there are other merchandising possibilities in the pipeline so uh yeah looking forward to that and just uh really excited for matt this is gonna be cool uh so speaking of legions con i know you guys over on the off world channel did a whole kind of recap uh on legions con but anything you wanted to throw out you know kind of coming back it's been a couple weeks now yeah. Um uh I mean it it was it it was a lot of fun. I mean it, it's just that simple when when we walked in I went I drove with Jesse uh our uh, co-host on Off World and uh shooting the shelf Sunday nights with Curtis. <laughs> and uh we, when we showed up it, it was almost like uh it was that feeling of like anytime norm walks into cheers everybody yeah. sure jesse you know it's it's at this point it is it is like a family reunion no matter where you are with what your activity is in the cabal and all that stuff it just you know if you know a few people it makes you feel like Hey, you know, I miss this guy or I miss these people and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It is great to see them. Uh, Love yeah. hanging out with the Euro Legions podcast guys. Uh, uh, Jesse and I got to do a one-off episode with them before we left the hotel uh, for checkout on on uh, Monday, which was really cool. Uh, so that's like the second to latest episode that they put out. Uh, if you want to listen to that one, I think it's like forty-one. If I remember right, uh, but yeah, I got to got to meet this guy in person for the very first time as well. We did and and we had even like the off world ending of Legion's Con, which was even cooler because now that we've decided that is how we plan to close it out for us is we're going to do our live broadcast from Legion's Con where we could talk about everything that happened throughout the weekend. So it's kind of cool to establish even like um now we have traditions that we want to do and, and yep. it happened just this year now we'll keep doing that and stuff so um but yeah, yeah definitely a lot of fun i just that weekend just flew by yeah um, yeah if anything looking back now a couple weeks out there's like I'll see I'll see pictures that people are posting. I'm like, how did I miss that? Like I went through that showroom floor so many times and there are still like so many tables I did not get to see and everything. It's like it was just so much stuff, so many people, so much creativity. You know, it's like you just it was a whirlwind. And like you said, just all the people who came up to us either out and about or at the table you know, that just, you know, knew the name, knew the podcast. Uh, how many guys did we meet that were like, yeah, I listened to the audio version of your yeah. podcast, which yeah. was really awesome because, you know, we've said before, we love our audio listeners. We know you guys are really supportive of us, but it's the, it's the platform that has the least kind of interaction there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was really cool getting to actually meet those guys and everything. And there there was quite a few of them that were yeah I'm, I'm an audio listener it's like cool we know you're out there it's mm-hmm. nice to meet you and the crossover of everything um 
of course, seeing Nate Barch again and meeting the House Seals, Len LaGuardia, everybody. And it, I mean, the list could go on and on. But it was it was a heck of a weekend. Um, and I've still got to start getting those. I I, I did do some uh, one-on-one interviews uh, from the showroom floor, just people who would walk by. I would grab them, and we, we mm-hmm. chatted for a bit. I've got to start getting those out. Um, maybe today I'll start getting those out. But yeah, tons of fun, mm-hmm. and I can't wait till next year. Um, it's it's definitely going to be the go to convention here. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, PowerCon. I, I know PowerCon not being on the table for this coming year anyway, and yeah. that was the only other one that I could have seen myself getting to reasonably, and and trying to get to that one. Uh, hopefully this coming year. Now that that's off the table, it's like, well, Legion's Con's the one that I'm going to look forward to. And uh, if I get to some of the littler ones, like I know uh, the Horseman will be at the Maryland Toy Expo. And my kids are actually wanting to go to that one because the Maryland Ghostbusters will also be there. So that it's like, you know, cross marketing. I want to see the Horseman. They get to see some Ghostbusters. And if I remember it, I think Jesse and Oz want to go to that one, too. So I might we might have like a little bit of like a crossover there too so we'll see what happens but um but yeah for me right now i'm still staying the course like legions con for me is it's got a lot of good stuff going on for it no 100 percent. and yeah there there's definitely some smaller local conventions um those are ones i like to take my kids to are the closer ones you know just the, the day trips or whatever mm-hmm. um mesquite con tulip city you know those are always good for little family getaway for the day um you got RetroCon around you too that's not RetroCon's uh near philly so that's yeah about an hour and a half which isn't too bad um the maryland one should be about an hour to an hour and a half to get to and uh, ZoloCon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, uh, again, about, it's out near Philly again. So um, so one way or the other, you know, I, I know there's going to be chances to get out there and do something depending on the finances and depending on the schedule. Because uh, I'll break it here. I mean, I, I, I know on our last episode of Off-World, Curtis was saying all of us will be at Muskegon, or Muskegon, sorry, yeah. not Muskegon. And that and, was the plan. That was the plan, and then when I looked at the dates for it, that is literally the weekend of my daughter's birthday, and I just kind of like offhandedly said to my wife, they want to try to do this, but it's also Evie's birthday, and she just kind of gave me the look like, "Eh." (laughs) that's a no-go. Surprisingly, I'm going to give my wife a huge amount of props here, surprisingly, she has been very positive and wanting me to get out there and do this stuff first off because of the podcast the second off because i really don't get out much so for her it is nice to get me out of house give me some time with my friends and all that stuff but yeah when it came to that i'm like i just can't fight that one it's it's the same as uh the uh, previous year you had family commitments for legions con and everything and it's like it is what it is on that count but she did say, you know, planning forward, we could put that into the idea of what to do for 2025 then. So even if it falls around her birthday, we'll try to figure it out. So, Absolutely. But, um, yeah. 
and, and breaking news right quick here. Um, rolling right with that, Jeremy Gerard did just post in the Mythic Legions Cabal that the discounted hotel room block for Legions Con 2024 has just opened. So, no oh boy. Um, and they did sell out, if you recall. They sold out. This is for the Hanover Marriott. This is the one where the events actually held. They sold out of this one well before the event started, and they even had to do an overflow hotel. Yeah. So, um, uh, trying to remember the dates here. So, the discount block runs from Wednesday, November 6th to Monday, November 11th, uh, with the con itself being the 9th and the 10th of November next year. Um, of course, you've also got the chance for intern for a day. You've got GCon the day before. Like, there's lots of stuff going around in the hotel pretty much from Wednesday until Monday checkout. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you're, if you are planning <laughs> on going, do not sleep on that because they will sell out. They sold out this year. It's only going to get bigger and better next year. Um, so jump on those rates now. It is fully refundable up to a couple days before check-in. Um, <clears throat> so you don't have to worry about that. And uh, the uh, the funny part for me is this co this year, both of my kids, the week leading up to Legion's Con, go, why can't we go with you again, Dad? And I'm like, <laughs> because you both have never really expressed interest in going with me to this and I've only just, you know, I've had my friends be the, the main reason and stuff. This year, or, or I should say next year, uh, my wife and my kids actually want to tag along. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I'll have to get on that tonight with her and get our uh, get the hotel going. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, actually, there were, there were quite, quite a few families there mm -hmm. uh, this past year. So, yeah. Um, that definitely could be a fun time. Uh, I will say there, I, I there wasn't. How do I want to put this? There's a ton of Mythic Legion stuff there. Mm -hmm. If you're, there was definitely some other adjacent stuff as well, but not as much as I would have expected at, at a show that size. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's not, uh, it's not a detriment or anything. I'm just saying like, cause even, even at PowerCon the year I went, like there was a big showroom and the majority of it was master stuff, but then yeah. there was also quite a bit, um, you know, sectars and just kind of, you know, other stuff. This show is definitely predominantly legions. Um, mm -hmm. and that was just kind of surprising to me how how much there was and i i'd say the ratio was probably 95 percent legions you know stuff mm -hmm. counting customs for legions yeah. and everything else but um yeah i mean it just goes to show how big this community is and how big it's growing that you know you have a convention of this size and yet pretty much everybody is just on that page yep no, and, and and that's the thing. Like um, going to the one in twenty twenty one, where it was literally in a community center. Yeah, you know, you had one room, and it was like the middle of the room had back to back tables, 
and then the outsides of the room had stuff and the horsemen were at the one end and there were other vendors and there was the New Jersey toy convention in the other end of the the community center. Yeah. But when you look at it as that compared to what it's become in just two years. Yeah. But it's true. Like, I mean, we, there was a showing like the uh, plunderlings were there for instance. Um, uh, le- what is it? Legends of Dragon or, uh, yep. the, the Formo toys, uh, group were there and they have the i want to call it metaverse is that the name of it yeah the the horsemen are helping them with with uh building their figures and creating their lines so they were there as well but um but yeah it is pretty much go in there expecting to see a ton of legions but there are a sprinkle of different little independent people as well yeah so you're gonna have you're gonna have some fun discovering something Yep. Even if it's not the name study, it's obviously not going to be Mattel and Hasbro. But in my opinion, a lot of these independent toy companies now and creators are actually more interesting to be watching than some of the bigger guys nowadays. Oh, that's I just personally, but I'm just, yeah, that's how, that's how I've been in the last, especially the last three years for some reason. It's like, it's really caught on and people are really wanting to dig deeper into that community 100 percent, and it just you get more of a chance to know the guys i mean yeah uh still one of my big regrets of the weekend i was never able to to pin josh van pelt down for for a talk which was disappointing it's like man everything just went so fast um but it's kind of the same thing like you know these guys are going out doing the founders of the company are going out doing street level stuff um, exactly just where it is and you know it's just it's it's more fun it's you know you you get you get to know them you know all the horsemen were there uh except mm-hmm. unfortunately for corn boy he's having some health issues right now so obviously our thoughts and prayers to him uh in a fast recovery but definitely uh, he definitely would have been there like that's the literally a hospital visit is the only thing that could keep him from being there so mm-hmm. Um, yeah and i mean the the thing that i the thing that's amazing to me right now especially with this is you know like growing up you never knew the names of the people that were creating something that mattered to you you didn't know who you know you didn't know who mark taylor or roger sweet were or any of the other people that were involved in matters or anyone working on transformers gi joe or whatever and it's like here you get to actually have some face time with those people that are bringing you something that now in your 30s, 40s, 50s is making you feel like a kid again. And that's one of the most insane parts to me is, you know, like I was just reading about them in Toy Fair magazine when I was like probably 20 or 21. And here it is. I'm at these conventions. I'm shaking hands with people and I'm like. I shouldn't be able to do this, but yep. here it is. And I'm right here doing this. And, you know, it's like one of, one of the best things for me every single time I've gone to anything for uh, a, a Legion's Con is just having even a couple minutes to be able to see Nate. Barsh. Yep. He's, he's one of my favorite people in the world to, at this point in my life. And 
yeah, this time I actually had, I, I brought, cur courtesy of Matt uh, doing the prints for us, uh, for our table, I brought over the Legends of Grayskull print that I finally got finished with, couple, like only a month before the show, and I brought it over to him, and I'm just like, I bought so much from you, I wanted to bring this over and show yeah. you, I have something to show you this year. And he took nice. some time just to look over what I did. He gave me some, you know, like, here's here's what I see you doing really well at. Here's ways you can improve. And I was completely fine with that. And the, the, one of the best parts for me was uh, Nate's son, Caleb, was there. And he came over to the table while I was talking with Nate. And the minute he comes over, he looks at my artwork, points at it. He's like, that's cool. And I looked at him. I go, I like you. I like you. And then I shook his hand and I told him thank you, you know, for uh, for even giving me that much of a, you know, like that made, that really, it made me really happy that it, it affected him the same way his dad's art does. And it just, in general, you know, it's like everybody that I've met that works with them, they're down to earth and humble people. And it's really shocking you know, it's like Nate has worked on all these brands that to me it makes him a superstar and he's still like the most soft-spoken humble guy you would ever imagine it blows my mind so yeah it was a good time <laughs> I look forward to next year absolutely bring it all right, let's get into uh, we got a little bit of news here since last time um, they did share the full lineup for what I'm assuming will be Waves 1 and 2, maybe 3. I don't know. There's a, quite a few figures here. Um, for the Turtles of Grayskull line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you finally got Raph in there. We did, and Raph is paired with who, Sean? Ram Man. Ram Man, I know my boy. <laughs> hey, I, I, I mean, you could go there all you want. He, Leo's got the power sword, man. That, that still works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I'd like to. See, uh, I they didn't show us who Mikey's going to be paired with yet, did they? Nope, still no Michelangelo. He's still the question. Still no Skeletor. Um, and I'm guessing this is going to be three waves because we know wave one is He-Man, Leonardo, Donatello, and Man-at-Arms. Yeah. So I'm betting the so we have eight additional figures. I'm betting that'll be uh, – so I'm betting this will be waves one, two, and three here, um, which we saw with the Origins that Mattel really likes to pump out small, quick waves. Yeah. Rather than like when we were kids where you get like eight figures, but then that's it for six months. Um, so yeah, we'd already seen the top four. Beast Man, we had seen on uh, the card back art for Man at Arms, I think it was. Um, which is basically yeah. just the Origins Beast Man with samurai armor. Yeah. Uh, then we got the cool-looking Shredder that we saw in the He-Man card back art. Uh, we've got Mutated Ram Man, which is much better than the He-Man that they can't, they put out, in my opinion. Um, yeah. He's still got that translucent thing going on, uh, but he's actually got ram horns and a ram-like face along with mm -hmm. a very traditional-looking armor. Um, 
It, this this one really worked for me. It's like, yes, if you take Ram Man and make him a mutant, this is what you get. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, it's like I hated the He Man, and then I saw yep. that, and I'm like, so which way am I going to go here? Because I kind of want to get the mutated versions then if yeah. I get Ram Man, but I really don't like the He Man. <laughs> I can't win, man. I, that's all there is. I, I'll be that guy. I can't win, man. On I, a I'll be him. I still say if they had done He-Man into into a cat, a green humanoid cat, like I think it would have been a win. Um, mm -hmm. no, I agree. And then that you do have, good. like we said, we had the Raphael with the man-at-arms style helmet and chest pad, um, mouse jaw we saw already. Can't remember if we saw Slaker or not. I think he's new. He's um, yeah, he's new. Yep, and that is Slash uh, combined with Faker. He's got a ripped open chest to reveal what I think is going to be a, a Faker like sticker underneath. Mm -hmm. um, and he is more of a blue color. Um, <clears throat> like most of the turtles, he is definitely like that. Looks like Slash with a ripped open chest plate. Yep. You know, yeah. he's very minimal to the turtle designs. And then, of course, we have Krang, who I don't know. We talked about him before, but uh, recently they had one of their stop motions. Did you watch that, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. So that showed <laughs> that he is that bigger Andre the Giant Buck that was used in the WWE Universe line. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's much taller and much bulkier than a regular figure. Um, so, and then of course, with that added midsection, it ad even exaggerates the Andre the Giant portions on him. So, mm -hmm. uh, he looks like he's gonna be a lot of fun. And then, last for the new reveals, we do have the mutated Moss Man, which. Looks like Moss Man in green translucent plastic with purple viney armors and all these purple evil looking vines coming off the back of him. Mm -hmm. oh. And from from my vantage point here, I was thinking it was Web Store because I forgot it was Moss Man. Because he has these it looks like spider legs coming out of his back from where I because it I'm looking at on the uh, wait on this picture here, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the up close pictures, they released some better pictures. I just came yeah. in here for the ease of all of them. Um it definitely it definitely and more evil seed like vines. Yeah. Which again here, that's the frustrating part for me because I really think with the mutated, you know, evil heroes. They really knocked Ram Man and Moss Man out of the park. And I'm like, yep. why didn't the guy who did those do the He-Man? Because, again, this mm -hmm. is like, oh, we're going to take Moss Man and we're going to put him in the slime pit and we're going to make him an evil mutant. Yes, that's what you get. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I... I... <laughs> It's it's the case in every iteration since the vintage line. He Man is always the toughest one to crack half the time for Mattel. Like one way or another, they had focus groups in 2000X with how they wanted to handle that. They couldn't crack the code on the face when they brought out uh, Origins, and he was even the weakest link, in my opinion, of the the Masterverse line when it first showed up. So it's like you know. He's batting a thousand on that level, but 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, that is not. When I saw that He Man, I'm like, that's what they're doing. Okay. Yep. So yeah, it's it just uh, like I've said before, the Shredder looks awesome. Slash looks good. I just. There's got to be something in the licensing where they're only allowed to do so much with the turtles, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just it's it. We're still in this weird space here where it's like they're they're going so hard on the the mutated heroes, but then the turtles are barely modified. But then you got the lazy ones like Man at Arms and Beast Man, where it's like Man at Arms, you really didn't do anything to him besides kind of turtle shell his armor. Mm-hmm. And Beast Man is literally the same figure with a helmet and a skirt. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if there was just multiple designers on here, but that's probably the biggest thing about this line to me right now is I'm just like, what are we doing? Are we doing a mashup line? Are we doing a this is the turtles in Eternia line? Are we like what are we doing? This line would benefit from a comic book or from a which is coming with it. They will, you know, like um, and yeah, it does, but it's like for us on the outside seeing what they're doing. I agree, like you're looking at this kind of going. Some of this is fun, but some of it is like if I was collecting origins already, I wouldn't need how many of these. I'd only like honestly, me right now, I'm still going. I'll get the turtles. I'll probably get Shredder because <coughs> Shredder looks pretty decent, actually. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, maybe Slash and stuff, and, and then the mutated heroes one. I it's like I don't know. I, because He-Man's still at, like, wow, is that off base or whatever. The other ones I almost might pass on because I feel kind of like, well, what's the point? It, 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 it's the collect-them-all mentality, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Ram Man, I think, is the best one out of that that grouping. But I do like what they did with Moss Man. Because I, I kept thinking to myself, who's the other character that's mutated before you went over who it was Moss Man? Because I was like... Both of those guys resonated with me a heck of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that they did reveal here is that this line will be the first Masters line to feature a Build-A-Figure. Oh. Um, and the Build-A-Figure for the first wave is Metobato, which is supposed to be a combination of Metalhead and Roboto. Mm-hmm. Um, here is another one where I feel like that it's kind of just metalhead. Like, I mean, he's got yeah. some extra attachments, but other than that, it's it's so it's metalhead with, but instead of the regular metalhead jaw, it's like a bigger red jaw. Like that's about the only Roboto esque part to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest just looks like metalhead. May again, this is also not the highest quality picture, so I will give it that. But yeah, and then he's got he's got the the hook, or not the hook, the the axe, the claw, and the gun attachment like Roboto has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also got a drill and and stuff like the metalhead toy came with in the turtles line. So. Mm-hmm. 
as I keep saying it, and I'm going to say it again, these make the turtles so much more fun to me. Yeah. That's what this line is doing. It's not making me really like, again, Ninja (coughs) Turtles and He-Man was one of those things where it felt too, like, I, I, I never could figure out why you would go there. Because it is that feeling of okay, so are you bringing the the uh, attorney at Earth again, like in the movie, or are we doing the turtles and attorney? Well, we know it's the turtles and attorney yeah. in here, but there's this element of like it's just making the turtles seem a, a lot more play friendly to me again, and I, I don't think any line has done that since the um, probably since the original line of Playmates toys in the eighties. Really. For me, at least. I mean, I had the the 2003 figures for a while, but those kind of just were stuck in the, you know, it's like the same thing as the ones in the 80s. They had, yeah, like, I never had those. Here's the one pose, you know, and all yeah. that. But No, nah, my kids were into the, uh, the what, 2012? Yeah. Is it that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, we had those. Yeah, we had a lot of those. Yeah. Um, but but like I've gone I've gone way more after like the NECA movie figures than mm-hmm. anything as an adult. And this is making me actually want to get them because it's like, like this would be a fun one to play with, just pose them around and put them in different poses all over the shelf like daily. Yep. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, it's weird. I don't I don't want to say that because honestly, Turtles and He-Man are like two of my absolute favorite lines from when I was a kid, but Mattel is just not catching at me with the master's part of it Hmm. like i said for me it's just there's so much inconsistency in this line and it's like uh, maybe maybe once the mini comic comes out and we have more of a clear direction for the story but right now it just it's very much all over the place you Mm -hmm. know Trap Dog gets merged. Beast Man doesn't. You know, from what we've seen, Skeletor doesn't. But Shredder has more, more Eternian armor. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just odd so far. Um, and we'll have to see about this Build-A-Figure. So on the back here, it does show that the his right arm and the Roboto-style attachments are what's coming with the uh, Mouse Jaw figure. And then it says one of four. So I'm assuming the Build-A-Figure parts are only going to come with the deluxe figures. Because this is from the Trap Jaw, Mouse Jaw, which is in a deluxe window box. It's not the same as the regular figure. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, because if it's one of four, we already know there's four regular figures in a wave. Yeah. So it's got to be, it's got to be that the build a figure parts only come with the regular or with the deluxe figures, is what I'm assuming, but it really hasn't been stated yet. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, and the other, the other thing for me is like, Mouse jaw. I, I was like, why didn't they just call mouse trap and be done with it? Like, I mean, come well, on, because that's that's a Hasbro. Uh... Oh well, they, see that that automatically makes me just like, ah, oh, whatever. That the is. fun, the fun is catching its mouse trap. Oh my god, 
Yeah, I I don't know. That was a perfect way to sh- shoehorn that phrase, but I forgot that they own the game. So yeah. Uh, and it, it, Mouse Jaw does have this cool artwork on the back, homaging uh, the original Trap Jaw mini comic. And there's been a lot of back and forth over whether this armored warrior woman on his left is Tila. Or if it's April. Yeah. I'm... Yep. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it could really sadly, go either way. And, from... and sadly, that's kind of like, you know, it's kind of an, it, it's kind of a given either Tila or April are going to team up in this one. Probably it, it will shock me if they go, because the original comic idea that that never got off the ground that uh, Freddie Williams was was uh, a part of, he actually had it be Tila and Raph as as like yeah. the two together. Then Raph's size would have like more of like the snake Tila swords, and also the hot headedness of the two characters work for right. me in that way. So then it's like, okay, so now it's going one-to-one where the boys are going to stick with the boys. The girls will probably stick with the girls then. Um, I I don't even want to think about that. I can't figure that one out in my head right now. Because like, uh, there's a part of me going, is it Tila O'Neal or is it going to be April O'Tila? You know? <laughs> Judging from the fact that it looks like a woman wearing armor, I'm going to go that it's April. Mm-hmm. Because if it was Tila, in my mind, the way they've gone, that means she would have to be mutated or... or yeah, or, that's true. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's the line. That's the line. Jeez. And uh, and the other, I guess the other thing last week, and it, end, it ended last week, um, then Mondo had their time oh, edition yeah. for Panthor. Yep, yep, yep. Well, they mixed it up a little bit this time, though, because it was, it was a timed edition, but they had a certain amount in stock yeah and so if you ordered it early enough you would get it shipped immediately Mm -hmm. and then if you were later once they ran through that allotted amount then you would have to wait for the second run Mm -hmm. basically yeah because there were a lot of people with it already Um, i've seen more actually i haven't seen anybody post that they're waiting on it everyone i've seen that post that they ordered it got it so Mm -hmm. Granted, they had the the advantage of knowing the Battle Cat numbers already this time. Mm-hmm. So even if they figure it's not a one-to-one, they still had numbers, right? They still had something to go, well, if mm-hmm. we sold X amount of Battle Cat, we can probably sell 75% of that for Panthor easily. So, like, they had, they had something to go on, whereas yeah. Battle Cat was a complete, like, you know, no one's done this before. No one's done it at this price range before. Like it, much less of an unknown with Panthor. Yeah. So obviously they felt comfortable producing a good amount, and it looks like they got at least pretty close to their amount of pre-orders because, like I said, I haven't seen anyone posting yet that they haven't gotten it shipped. Mm-hmm. 
I think I saw one person that was just curious if they were going to have Deluxe Skeletor and Panther arrive at the same time. But for the most part, I uh, pretty much I, I was pretty shocked by like Friday and over the weekend there were people posting here here it is in hand and oh right. my god also um, I did not go in on that one um, I've been trying to stay away from doing the afterpays as best as I can so Panthor it's like Beastman was a must have Panthor for me I ended up having to say. Is it FOMO? Yes, it's FOMO. Yes. It's not a desperation that if I miss this, I'm going to feel like I'm literally not getting this figure that I think is awesome on the shelf. It was more, well, it would be nice to have them, but so. No, I agree. It's uh, for me, I, I made the decision. Actually, my decision was pretty easy because I'm like, if I'm going to get a Panthor, it's going to be the flocked one. Uh-huh. Because I like how they were able to do the flock without detracting from the sculpt. And, like, that's the thing to me that's, I mean, that's what sets Panthor apart from Battle Cat as a kid when you're dealing with the vintage zero points of articulation statue cats. Yeah. Like, literally, the flocking on Panthor is what's like, okay, I need this. Yeah. So. With Mondo being able to do such a bang up job on the flocking, I'm like, that's that's got to be the one if I if I get one. So yeah, this one was definitely an easy pass for me. Yeah, there was times where I'd see photos, and as much as there was that like FOMO of of it would be nice to have it just to go okay, I have both Panther and Battle Cat. It was too obvious when I'd look at it to go, this is literally a repaint. It made me feel sad to say that to myself, but it was. Yeah. I mean, you got the different heads you can put on there, sure. Yeah, the heads are all new. Even the unmasked one is completely yeah. new. So Yeah, all of those are new, and I don't know. It just it, For me, it just every time I looked at it, it just wasn't as have to get it as I was about Battle Cat. Because Battle Cat, I mean, Battle Cat, he's a staple in the line. Yep. Like, you know, missing him is like, you're you're definitely screwed if you miss that one, which I was lucky enough to not have to miss that one. But, I mean, Beastman for me was like the one of the final ones. And then I did end up uh, being crazy enough that I did get Skeletor uh, on their pre-order for this because I do like the idea that if I have Skeletor, I have a way of showing off. I have the Deluxe Skeletor being in the one way. Then the regular Skeletor can wear the battle armor and do the terror claws, and I could justify it that I'm using all of the deluxeness of the Skeletor. Then, so my wife will hate me, but my shelf will also say, "What the hell? I don't have enough room for this shit." But I will love me for this. So yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> what it's all about. They keep me warm when my wife tells me I have to sleep in the basement because I ordered too many things. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, good times. Spoon with me, Skeletor. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wrong. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I think it's about that time. We made the people wait long enough. 
it's time to get into Forge of Destiny issue number three. This came out November 1st, which was like three weeks ago now. <laughs> Very bad timing right before Legion's Con and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just finally read it last night. So I read it this morning. So there. yeah, after all of this time, I was like, I should probably read this. We're going to record today. <laughs> yep. And that was not for any, I don't want that to be any sort of commentary on like, oh, the quality of the comic. Like I've been pumped these first two issues. I was really looking forward to the third one. Um, you know, it's just timing. That's it. It's one of those things. Like if I don't get to it right away, then it gets to the back burner. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just how I am. Uh, so issue two left off. Uh, Adam had been framed for the theft of the Philogista. And they had sent Anwat Guardians to take it, to capture him. Uh, He-Man ends up showing up to save the Royal Caravan and takes off with Adam onto a boat. Tila jumps on at the last minute. Uh, to go with them uh, as the Adam that He-Man was with deflates, showing that he was nothing more than an Orco optical illusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to pull up this issue because that would help me right now. <clears throat> there it is. Uh, so we jump in. We jump in a few days later. Because, of course, we do. After doing that cliffhanger, we just jump on a few days later. Uh, day six. It's a long voyage. Considering they could see the shores before. But whatever. Uh, we have He-Man and Tila fighting a creature. Uh, He-Man deftly punches it back underwater. Um, as they realize that they're almost to the shore of Anwat Gar. I felt that this creature looked way too similar to the Orlax. Right off the bat, I'm like, I'm like, why is the Orlax there? Out of all the sea creature types we could have done, they did the multiple eyes, big tentacles. Technically, he's red instead of pink. But still, I'm like, after how big of, of an arc the Orlax played in the other comic, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's like why why'd we start here, you know? I when I saw this, I I got excited for literally a second until I I uh left scrolled or whatever with my finger because or swiped with my finger, I should say. What the hell You're scrolled. on the wrong app, Sean. You're not yeah, what, Were well, you swiping on He Man or were you swiping on Tila? I'd swipe on Tila, I won't lie about that. You, you but on He Man, don't lie. I, I would always I would always swipe on sorceress more than anything to be honest, but uh, I was really hoping that this sea creature was going to be that uh, octopus on the mini comic cover from the Alcala books, and then when I looked at it and I saw what it was, I'm like, oh, this is what it is. So unfortunately, for both of us, I guess it was not it was not what we were hoping for it to be. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, actually, that's what I was going to say. Actually, I was like, why did you not use that famous sea creature? You know? Yep. Um, it's just a golden opportunity. Um, and now we we get into... There's a lot of talking in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get into the whole... Here, day six now. Um, now she's finally going like, hey, what was up with that Adam thing where he just <laughs> deflated? I'm like... I'm not going to lie. I, I had my issues, my slight issue. I think it was an issue one where I'm like, uh, back when they were still in the Royal Palace... Where I'm like, okay, so they're trying to justify the revolution or revelation series through this and the whole secrets and identity thing and everything else. And like reading through this stuff with Adam or He-Man and Tila, I'm like, I, I just, I couldn't shake that feeling. I'm like, you guys are trying to justify the actions that we've already we've already we've already settled with you know mm -hmm. it's all it's all about secrets and you would never lie to me he-man and it's like uh you know and her saying she doesn't feel she knows who adam is which it's just not working for me you know mm -hmm. And like again, to me, it's too much. It's too much of that. We're trying to justify how Tila felt once she found out the secret. And I'm like, we don't, we don't need that here. We don't need yeah. that in this series. Um, well, it, it's it's trying to do the legwork that the show didn't bother with, and so I feel like Tim Seeley's trying his best to really retrofit the hell out of that in this now, right? And unfortunately. <coughs> this would have been a better first episode of that series or even two parts for that series rather than how it started to at least set the stage of what you're going to witness, you know, at least go there. And in this it, it's doing that, but unfortunately it's too little too late because we already know how the rest of it all panned out two years ago. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just, well, even the way it's working though, like, you know, he's going, he's going like, you know, She's like, what's up with that Adam? And He-Man's going, well, I don't know. I didn't. I thought it was Adam, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? That's where we're... I mean, no, He-Man, you're outright lying to her. This isn't the bending the truth. This isn't protecting the secret. That you, you are literally lying to Tila. Like, um, you know, it, he's, not, he's not going the it's, oh, don't worry, Adam's somewhere safe. This was something me and Orko came up with to keep him safe. Orko went and hid him, and I, uh, you know, and I took this to throw them off the trail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I, yeah. I know I'm splitting hairs here, but like, he could be more honest with Tila. I mean, I, I won't argue with you on that level because for, for me, I guess when I read it, it didn't hit me quite the same way. Because there was like, I guess the truth to how he's wording that to her 
is kind of similar to the idea of he didn't know it was going to fade away. Therefore he didn't realize it was that either. You know, it's like in a, in a, it, it, it's like the whole Ben Kenobi, depending on the point of view kind of thing of splitting yeah. hairs with this argument. Um, but, this is, but this is the perfect point to go classic filmation and go, don't worry. He's safe. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? Because that, because then you, you are, it's, it's the, it's splitting hairs. Absolutely. But it is the, it is the, where he can go, well, I never said like, you know, I didn't lie to you. He was safe because he's here powered up as he man. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and, and she straight up tells him, she's like, if I find out you're lying to me, I'll never trust you again. I just, it, it was just so heavy handed in this scene. I'm just mm-hmm. like, what, what are we doing here? This was a fun adventure. Mm hmm. Well, so the thing I liked about this scene, so we'll, we'll take it from that perspective because it, I get it. Everything you're saying, I'm not fighting you on. It's valid. I completely get it. Yeah. From the art perspective, Eddie Nunez is still knocking it out of the park for me oh, because 100%. he's bringing in these little <clears throat> tiny bits of like, like, he's bringing in body language that I'm enjoying in this. He has this, this moment here. Uh, I'll bring it up here. The bottom panel. Yep. Where he's got that kind of, and I love that. And I love the expressions he's pulling off with He-Man here when he's dealing with Tila. And I like that he has this strong, barbaric looking he-man and they even go into a little bit of that with some <coughs> of the lines like like uh he-man so i'm a simple warrior from the hills of stone sorcery conjurings they're as strange to me as that city of machines on the horizon which there was a part of me that went like i like that it's a lie but i like that too because that's my he-man it, it's yeah. like they're referencing that at least which i love but he's doing it where he's made this really heroic and really powerful looking He-Man, but then he's pulling off some Adam characterization in the way he's drawing it at the same time. So for me, it saved it saved that scene on that level with the artwork because he's putting in these little bits and pieces that we've seen if you've watched Revelation or if you saw the last couple issues, it's there. Oh, yeah. So he saved it. But yes, it is a very heavy-handed scene, and even the way it's played out is a little awkward because you have them having this conversation, and out of nowhere, this panel shows up. Right, that's what it is. And that yeah. panel for me was like not only because uh, the dialogue that she's saying around this panel, but the fact that that's there, and you're like, whoa, like. It, it really is like the minute that that happens, I because I like I said I'm doing it panel by panel in comicsology. There was a part of me going, "Are they about to smooch?" And then I, luckily when I when I swipe to the next panel, it's just them still having a hug, but it still felt kind of like, "Whoa, you're you're kind of pushing places I didn't expect this to go either." So I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, for me the art saved it. But oh, the art's phenomenal. Definitely there. Uh, trust me, the art is amazing. I, I yeah. would love to see him be the artist from now on. Whatever. Absolutely. Um, 
But I agree. And and this is Tila knowing him. I mean, they said in previous issues, like, we're talking months that He-Man's been on the scene. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's way too quick for, for Tila. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Uh, so then we head to the jungle where the rest of the Royal Caravan is coming out. And we have basically the same scene, but with Man-at-Arms and Duncan this time, where... You know, they first they thank the cat people for, you know, uh, sheltering them. But then it all goes into Randor digging into man at arms about, you'd never lie to me, right? You, mm-hmm. you're not keeping anything from me. Is there something I should know about Adam and He-Man? It's like, spoiler alert, I didn't like this scene much either. I'm like, again, <laughs> we're just trying to set up what is going to happen what has already happened like mm-hmm. the simplicity of it is is the fact that randor doesn't have these thoughts because he would never like randor is not an idiot but again he would never put anything together like you know, we're talking months in the he-man showing up and he's going duncan do you know anything about Adam and He-Man that I should know? Are you lying to me? Like, where is this coming from? We've said before that, like, there's no reason anyone on the planet should even think about He-Man having a secret identity. You know, like, this is the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way Randor should be asking the questions that he is other than to set up that later in this timeline that we've already seen, this is an issue. <laughs> Well, the way it's brought across from from the way it's worded in this one panel, I sort of liked the way they dealt with it in that way because <coughs> this this panel, uh, it's I think it's the second page into this or the third page now. Um, Randor says, "I'm a man of the people." The stated mission of this tour was to show that He Man doesn't work only for Eterno's palace. And I kind of dug that where it was, he was saying that from like the first issue or whatever. And they, they aren't forgetting that at least in this, where he wants to be seen as the King and he wants his people to be taken care of and be safe, but he does not want to give the idea that he man is exclusive to him giving an order to now you have to protect my kingdom every time and all that stuff. Which it's it's a valid argument because most things that happen to Randor or Marlena or the palace, nine out of ten times He Man's going to show up and bust some heads to help them. So I still like that there is that feeling of him doing like we can't let it show like He Man is our our WMD or whatever in, in in any situation. He's not ours, and I'm still a viable leader within Eternos and all that stuff. But it is it like it it was pretty surprising at the same time seeing this issue is one giant discussion between two separate groups of people about the exact same thing. And so you're just sitting there going, I literally just read that here, but now is man at arms and randor gonna have a hug that makes me wonder if they're gonna smooch pretty soon too, because I'm it is almost the exact same argument or discussion. So, but that moment with Randor, I still, I still like that a lot because I do like that. He does not want it to be like, 
I have I don't know He Man. He just comes and helps us, and I cannot make it look like he is something that I have in my back pocket every single time something happens. Yeah, but we already established that. That was the whole point back in issue one of why they went on this mission in the first place. True, like, but it's you know, happening it's just, again here, and that's why he's having that again. Yes, because we need to reinforce so that all the people who were questioning why Tila and Randor reacted this way in Revelation, it's like, that's that's so now we need to repeat it to really hammer home. Like, hey, guys, we know you questioned this at the time, but this is why. And my big problem is it just it detracts from a fun story that I was enjoying from. I mean, we're halfway through this comic and nothing has happened in the Forge of Destiny story. It's yeah. all retreading the stuff that we've already established or trying to hammer home the point of, no, they would be upset because five years before Revelation, they said they would be upset. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like... Well, it, so Can so we just get on with the story. Here, here's here's the main thing uh, uh, <clears throat> that I think we're we're going to be butting up against no matter what. You like the secret identity stuff. You grew up with it, and I grew up yeah. with it too. It's not like I'm ex exempt from that or whatever. But <clears throat> telling a Masters of the Universe story where now that is something front and center for the first time, and the way they played it out in Revelation. For me, it is literally not the most interesting story they could tell no matter what because it just is not something I ever needed to be told. It is something that it brings drama and it brings heightened whatever to the scene of Adam might have to let let it slip. I am human right. like they did it in almost 2000X on the Island episode with Tila. They did it a few times even on uh, Filmation and stuff. and. Nope. There'd be a random thing that happens that makes it that he's about to say something. But it is one of those things where the minute you pull back that curtain, you realize why this is not a great idea to have this be the focal point or an undercurrent within the story you're telling. Because you are going to have these kind of situations. You are going to have the same conversation over and over. And when you're dealing with somebody who feels like, oh, I'm... I'm now slighted because of this. That person might be having the same conversation way more and way more often because they're trying to come to terms with that problem. And it slows down a story that actually started out really well, like we're talking about. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I love the secret identity and it can be, like you said, it can be a very compelling, you know, story arc, story dynamic, and it can add some urgency to things. This is not the place for it. Yeah. Like, there is no reason to be exploring it right now. And I love it when they explore it. You know, Shadow of Skeletor in Filmation, when their ship's about to be blasted out of the sky, and Adam's like, well, I got, I got turned into He-Man, nowhere to go. You know, mm -hmm. reaches for the sword, we cut to commercial. Like, that's epic. It fits. Here, mm -hmm. there's no reason for it right now. You know, mm -hmm. at best, this should have been a class. Like I said, it should have been a classic what was up with that Adam? Oh, don't worry, he's safe. Orko did this to distract the guards. And Tila goes, yeah. all right, let's go to Anwat Guard. Yep. You know, like, yeah, it just, it's so unnecessary right here. And it has dragged down all the momentum that this story has had so far. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so then we are back at the royal quarters of Hurricane. Um, and she is seeking a status report and telling them they need to find Adam, who has slipped from their gaze. Uh, and then Skeletor shows up. They fight, and uh, he gives her back the Philogista that Evelyn stole. Which, help me out here, Sean. This whole interaction was really weird to me because at first I thought they were going to go with the Skeletor pretending to be, you know, like a good guy ally. Like, hey, I got this back for you. And they kind of start that way, but then he's still very antagonistic to her throughout the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Like, he, the way that I took it was he's looking at, he, he looks at what they can offer as something that'll tip the scales in his favor, but and he's hoping to use it for that reason or whatever. But Skeletor being Skeletor, he's always going to exert the idea that I should be the one in charge of this no matter what because he looks at himself as I'm the best. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I took it looking at this because she doesn't see what the... Like the she doesn't see the end game for lack of a better term of why he's there uh, until you don't see it until a few pages into it. And you're like, Oh, all right. So now it's like all these different elements of, of his variance now coming into play, which does make sense going into the new show because we saw there's battle armor. He man for the first time in animated form. And now we're seeing all the different, takes of Skeletor there have been uh, jumping ahead a little bit here, but yeah, but yeah, it, it, it was, it was a little bit of like a, and so basically, yeah. And he also throws uh web store under the bus and he says that web store now is part of the Eternos palace yeah. or whatever. And that I, I already knew going into that. That's just him throwing him under the bus. That's all there is to it. He's not, oh, yeah. there's no, there's well, no if you recall, in this that, where he's now a good guy. <laughs> yeah, if you recall from the last one, uh, Evil Lynn sent Webster to get the Philogista back because she didn't like what she didn't feel that Skeletor was going to use it properly. Yeah. So Evil Lynn. So now we've got Evil Lynn and Webster teaming up to go after the Philogista that Evil Lynn already had. While Skeletor brought it back to Hurricane, but now he's using it for his own purposes. Um, while also trying to present himself as opposed to Randor. That's what I mean. Like he's setting up like, Oh look, I saved you from web store. He works for Randor, but I'm still going to keep you prisoner and use your forge for whatever I want. So like, so, so basic. Yes. Okay. So, so basically the, he says, he says here, I gave you back your ultimate weapon cane shell. And yet, when you were in danger, you didn't use it because you can't leader, scientist, engineer, but you suffer from a complete and utter lack of imagination. So that's these people look at it from such a techie standpoint. Yeah. He's looking at it from the ultimate potential of it. And, and that's the thing that's marring her in this situation. He needs her to ignite the forge so he can enjoy the benefits of this. 
And she's just like, okay, I got nothing. You figure it out the way that she's going into this uh, confrontation. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Remember, the Philogista was magic from Grayskull that combined with their machines could take down Grayskull, but the guard don't know how to use it. Like, that. Yeah. yes, again, we already know this. Like, yeah. why are we... I don't know. Is this? <laughs> I just. I feel like we just lost all direction here, and uh, there are some cool visuals, though. The fight between Webster and Skeletor is some great lighting. Webster's hook coming up, like, um, there's some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as Skeletor starts to unlock the secrets of the Philogista. We head back to the Royal Docks. Uh, oh, these are the Docks of Anwat Gar. He-Man and Teela are trying to sneak in. Um, <clears throat> but the recently revived Dashell is, for some reason, just chilling on the docks watching for people. Very conveniently. Yeah. Uh, and he now has a radar chest, or a radar screen on his chest. So we're getting closer. Well, without that radar screen, I would just say he's Nightcrawler at this point. So, yeah. But um, the one thing I did think was fun is there is a cameo of what in classics was the spacesuit that's in Castle Grayskull, but now they are subloader suits, Teela says. Um, so it, they attack them while they're on the dock while, um, while Dashiell is watching them, yep. and do, um, but it is fun that okay, that's like a nod <clears throat> that I'm sure either Tim Seeley or, or uh, Eddie Nunez were like, okay, let's do this because it'll be a fun little nod to uh, to something that never really gets anything in the line, you know, like ever. There's really not many nods to the spacesuit at all. Um, so yeah, and I like cool. I like what they do with with. Dash L in the fight here. Um, first of all, just the choice of having it rain and lightning, uh, it provides a nice atmosphere that you don't see a lot, you know, in Masters. Yeah. Um, but then even like his poses and stuff, he's very, he's very, and again, we, we had before, we didn't get to see it, but they mentioned that, you know, he was part of a traveling circus and everything. So he just got, he's got this acrobatic, almost Spider-Man like, type of fighting where he's jumping around, you know, he's on his toes. Um, There's some great scenes here where he's kicking Tila off the dock with like the lightning in the background. Um, Just some really, really great artwork here. You know, the classic, uh, you know, he thinks they're the the bad guys. He's trying to take them down. Um, As Tila gets taken underwater and He-Man gets pinned very easily by machinery. <sighs> this, I, I know this moment probably, I could almost hear you uh, for however many miles away you are from me. I could almost hear you this morning. <laughs> and the force cried out with the loss of a million souls. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, He-Man has no option to do anything but to change into Prince Adam right in front of Dashell and give up his secret identity. Well, he held as long as he could. 
in a modern comic, you know. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I knew this would be a problem today. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't like when he's like, my, uh, Dash L's like, well, my machines detected that you are Adam because of your face. And I'm like, really? You're telling me a freaking face scan? See, I edited myself for a family show. I noticed, yeah. A freaking face scan can tell that Adam and He-Man are the same person. It's not like Eternia is devoid of technology. Yes, we played up that Anwat Gar are the front runners of it, but like... There's no retina scans anywhere in the Eternals Palace that would have given this away already. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> and then, of course, he's it, it, just the whole thing. Like, there's no reason to give up your identity here. You know, nope. it's just. But then he even tries to try and play it off like. Um... I don't know. Oh, I'm so frustrated. This, this was going so good. And then he he takes like one second to try try and be like, oh, you know, he's like, I, I wasn't here. And then he goes in, what do you, what's he say? Oh, he, he goes into the quote, you know, from Man at Arms, from Revelation, you know, you are never more powerful as that when you're willing to give up the power. He says, so I share. When has he shared? What are you talking about? You have not shared the power. Well, if you watch the CGI show, which we love. I yes. love that show. This is not that show. This is not that show. But that's what it felt like, right? It felt like the CGI He-Man, like I share, which is great. I love that show. I love the storyline. <clears throat> this He-Man has not shared the power. No. Nope. Um, and then he freaking changes back into He-Man and torches Dash L in the process. I what are we doing all of a sudden? Making an enemy. <laughs> no, no, like, I think it's that's... gonna be the opposite, actually, oddly enough. I'm assuming this will set him up to go get the upgrade to become actually Cyclone. Probably. But... But there was a part of it where I'm just like, if I was, if I was Dashiell in this moment, and that happened to me, I would probably be more pissed than not for the fact that I just came out of surgery <laughs> and all this stuff, and then here's this guy who literally just lightning strike the hell out of me, which, ironically, yeah. CGI show that is a special move anyway, and boom, and I'm laying there on a dock like, <clears throat> you know, like. Holy crap, man. <laughs> that got it. That I got it. Whoa. I just knocked people off. But yeah, I need a drink. So after he reveals himself to Dash L, because that was totally necessary there and serves Absolutely. so much. Uh, he jumps into the water to rescue Tila, who's been down there for a good like 20 minutes at this point. Um and we find out that she has already been saved by Evil Lynn. Mm-hmm. Much because, to yeah. chagrin. Because when your name is Evil, you're saving people left and right. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and I'm sure, you know, and that's where we leave our heroes for this issue. But, um, again, remember, Evil Lynn and Webstore are going against Skeletor right now. So, yep. I've got to assume it's the old enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, and then we go back to Skeletor and Hurricane, and they are at the Forge of Destiny. They said the name of the title in the comic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which, of course, uh, this is what Skeletor needs to actually make the Philogista work. And this is interesting here, because this is the part that Sean kind of alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. where it's showing it's uh, the Philogista comes out, and it forms Battle Armor, and then it forms Dragon Blaster, and then it's Terror Claws. Um, but the interesting thing here is... Uh, Skeletor states that it shows everything he's ever been, and it's showing him all his failures. So what it's saying is, in this timeline, Skeletor has already worn the battle armor, he's already used the Dragon Blaster, and he's already tried the Terror Claws. Um, I can't remember if it's right here before, but he actually like repeats... I thought it was great dialogue before, but now I'm just like, now you're just repeating yourself because he does the line again about I've used diamond rays, I've used ramstones, I've used, mm-hmm. and we did that in issue one already. So it's really, again, kind of hyping up the themes of Revelation. It's like, you know, it's really hyping up that the Skeletor has failed again and again and again, no matter what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, However, we're talking about a world where Adam has been He-Man. They're still they're still talking in the months. Yeah. So this Skeletor is like burning through schemes faster than filmation. I mean, there he was five days a week. This this Skeletor is doing like eight eight MacGuffins a week here. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is. He is hardcore, apparently, and just boom, 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 boom. I'm surprised Adams had even a moment to sleep at the rate the Skeletor is going. I don't know. Just a little timeline issue there where it's like, has he really done all this already? Yeah. Uh, honestly, when when <clears throat> that happened, reading the dialogue there, I for some reason, I just took... Even even though he's talking about it, it shows my failures. I just took it that it was showing him all the different versions he's uh, he has yet to be for some reason. So I screwed up there. Yeah, that would but, make uh, that would make more sense if it's like, you know, that would include the Phil Jesus. Like it was more like a uh 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 clothing montage, you know, uh, <laughs> where he's like, you know, he comes out in battle armor. Um, too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> too sexy for my clothes. And then the hurricane's like, nah. And they come down to Terror Claws. It's like, no. And Hurricane's in there eating popcorn and everything. Like, uh, I, hey, I'm one of those people that, I mean, with the exception of Terror Claws actual outfit, the Terror Claws are cool, but everything else sucks. Yeah. I still love the fact that we're finally seeing battle armor and dragon blaster in anything. 
other yeah. than mini comics or as a toy finally. <coughs> but no, I, I'm right there with you. Like this again, it, it would, I, I I'm always going to be the guy saying that it would have helped to establish things with this continuity because if you're literally saying this is this is still an offshoot of filmation he-man you can't say months at this point right you can't it's just ridiculous so if you would have said he-man showed up three years ago or something right you know like give it at least the amount of time it was on tv Use that or, as your timeline. Yeah, just left, two to just three left years. it vague. Like, yeah. just make it so it's before Revelation, which is pretty yeah. easy to do, because that's kind of yeah. like the end point. So, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, so he finally uh, settles on an armor he likes, which uh, kind of like a fire armor skelegod horde armor <laughs> so his skull is on fire his hands on fire his shin guards look they're not shin guards uh bracers look very much like the skelegod bracers but then he's got um almost a horde bat symbol for his chest armor and he's lost the hood and he's red now the 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 new way that they're doing it makes me say what happens when the batman the demon and ghost rider all splurge for a for a, a hotel in vegas for the weekend yeah and maybe pretty much what you get sit nine months later and i think yeah. the, the demon would be the one that delivers it yeah but maybe um, you can hold your phone up because i know yours was showing panels off better than mine is that is the skeletor that you end up with at the end of the issue spoilers be warned which we already talked about that and but, that's apparently now the ultimate weapon of the philogista that can take down grayskull so and i'll be honest i mean we had firearm skeletor in the 2000x line and i like that better than this yeah and that would have been a cool insert here um, absolutely i don't and then we have the teaser for the next issue apparently titled so many new toys well, I don't know. Like this, this issue has some good stuff, but it, like, like you said, the momentum really did hit the wall with a couple of those scenes. So, like, the, it would have been kind of cool to start the issue out with Skeletor for starters. Because, like, by the time that you get past all of the, well, are you lying to me? moments which literally takes up what eight to eight pages of the book or more when skeletor shows up i'm like oh shit i forgot skeletor's even in this story because he wasn't even in the last issue and he was barely even in the first issue <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah oh that's nice skeletor showed up oh this is what we're doing with him so yeah seven, seven out of 22 pages is just the tila adam he-man randor man-at-arms not bad. I, I said eight, so that works. Yeah, I'm but, just saying, but it's way too long to dwell on that, especially when it's all rehash of stuff that we've already established. Like, this issue should have popped out. I The only thing it should have started with is it should have finished the scene that issue two went off on. 
And mm-hmm. we should, you know, we, you needed to, you know, that Adam disintegrating in Tila's arms. Mm-hmm. We needed to finish that scene, which was a simple, he's safe joke. And then, yeah, the rest of the issue should have been Skeletor invading and coming up with an ultimate weapon. And I guess that's my other, I guess that's the big letdown for me is the Philogisa was presented as this magical thing where you could create something amazing. And then just like, and we got, an armor variant of Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Like after all that buildup, he just cranked out another suit of armor. And that's mm-hmm. going to make, I, I, I just, I think there could have been a better ultimate weapon. You know what I mean? Like this is supposed to be the stuff that can tear down gray skull. It's supposed to be the ultimate check on the magic of gray skull. And mm-hmm. so far, all we see is new armor, you know, and if we're going the the, I mean, I'm. It's not exact, but I'm definitely getting Skelly God vibes off of it, which was supposed to be like the ultimate, you know, form of Skeletor from Revelation. But if we're already mimicking it here, months into the journey, like it, it's one of those, is it that special type mm. of things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really think that this issue. It just it leans too heavily on that on that we need to set up revelation aspect mm-hmm. where it's like we've we've made peace with that. There's things that could have done better. There's things we loved about it, but like at the end of the day, it is what it is. I thought we were getting a fun action story, and I really felt this issue just derailed that. So. <clears throat> Sean, I'll let you go first. We've got our Power Sword Havoc Staff rating. Three Power Swords is the absolute best, most powerful story in the universe. Two Power Swords, amazing, near perfect. One Power Sword is a good, solid, enjoyable episode. Uh, then we got the Cosmic Enforcer. That's neutral. That's right down the middle. Um, and then, of course, we got one Havoc Staff. This was a bad story. Two Havoc Staffs. Good lord, that was horrid. And three havoc staffs. Nobody should ever view slash read this ever. I I'm gonna go with a cosmic enforcer for this, um, because I mean, this like you said, the momentum of the first two issues. You would think going into this one, it was gonna keep going. <laughs> And this issue really did feel like you don't need to be doing this stuff when you're building towards a final issue, which is literally the next issue. And we're hemming and hawing over things that really we've seen how that plays out in another story. We don't need to be on this. It should have been Skeletor. Literally, the whole issue is trying to crack the code on this thing. And then at the end of the issue, you're like, oh, shit. And this is not that, the way that it was set up at all. Mm-mm. It would have been a better way to even have Evelyn approach He-Man and Teela and make it like, I need your your help. Yep. This is what we're up against. So they know the stakes of this. Because they don't even know what's going on with the Forge of Destiny. No. This will be next issue will be, oh, it was Skeletor the whole time. Yeah, because nobody knew that other than Evil Lynn and Skeletor. And uh, yeah, and they'll be like, what was Skeletor? What's going on? Yeah. Who's there? Wait, what? <laughs> it was Skeletor in the 
in the conservatory with the philogista all along. You know? Which really, if if they hadn't been on this tour, they wouldn't even be involved. Nope. Like, they're only involved because they were so close because they were heading there anyways. It could have been... See, like this, this, this story could be a cool remastering, if you ask me, because if they didn't have to do this tour and they didn't have to eat up all of the scenes with let's hem and haw about these things that are already played out other places, <clears throat> what if they didn't even know about this and Skeletor was in Amwatgar and he was doing what he was doing? Yeah. And so all of a sudden, he comes with all the Anwat Gar, uh, the Gar race with him because now he's the one that figured out how to make the forge work for how long. They're looking to him as now we're on his side because that's what we we should have been doing this all along. We've been too isolated. Let's do this. Let's let's show Eternia what we are, who we are, and let's do it in a way that really is, you know, knocking people's socks off for lack of a better term. And you have Adam and and Man at Arms and Teela kind of already on their heels dealing with the problem because they're like, where did this even come from? And it's like you can tell the story as that's happening. This whole tour thing is superfluous. Superfluous, I should say. So my rating, um, I think I've been pretty vocal. This is definitely a derailment. Spending way too much time on stuff that doesn't matter. Um I, like I said, or in issue one, I'm like, there were a few lines where I'm like, they're really trying hard here to, you know, justify the reactions and revelation. And I even said at the time that I hope that doesn't become a focus of this story. And unfortunately, that's what this issue turned out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So for this issue, I've got to give out my first Havoc staff. This just was not good. And it was especially because of the letdown. Um, I, and I, trust me, Sean, I went back and forth in my mind between the cosmic enforcer and havoc staff. And I know with how good the first two issues were, how Mm -hmm. much they set up this universe. They finally made us appreciate this, this canon and a fun story. And then just to derail it into, and this is why the, the reactions and revelations are valid. Like, no, Mm -hmm. this is your penultimate episode here. Why are we messing around with this? Yeah. This should have been Skeletor taking over the Forge of Destiny, Dashiell learning the truth so he can become Cyclone and be a heroic warrior. Mm-hmm. And then the next issue is the kick-butt battle where Cyclone joins up with our heroes mm-hmm. and defeats Skeletor. Yeah. It's a simple formula here. Yeah. And we have said this is this is my fear all along, is that they don't know how to stick the landings on these things. And this issue alone has made me so worried for issue four because I'm like, you guys went, it's Masterverse all over again. All of a sudden we're talking about Modulock and taking over realities. And it's like, where did this come from? This Mm -hmm. is not a thing that we've been doing. And you do the same thing here. You got this nice story set up leading up to an awesome finale. And you're like, we're going to go do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Based on a, at this point, two-year-old TV show that the haters are going to hate 
Mm-hmm. And everybody else, like everyone's come to terms with it. Whichever way you feel about Revelation, everybody has come to terms with it. And yet you're still feeling the need to be like, no, really, this is how it would have gone because of this. Yeah. Like, let it go. Yep. Let it go. Now I'm already in my head going, like, okay. It, it, I'm I'm rewriting it in my head right now. And granted, I am not a comic book writer. I'm not a writer in any way, shape, or form. That I'm I'm I would consider myself to be someone who is you know I'm not getting paid for anything I throw out there. But I mean, why why couldn't it be a story like you like I said, Skeletor finds out about this stuff, and instead of it being something he just throws over his shoulder. And says, you know, this is pointless. <laughs> what if this is his thing of the week? Yeah. Like we talked about. And you have Cyclone be one of the few Gar who actually tries to give him a run for his money and fails. So then you have Cyclone going to Eternos, warning them what's happening. And then that's how you finally get them as uh, as comrades in arms to go up against the bigger threat that is Skeletor. And just how simple is that? Yeah. It's not that difficult. And have like Cyclone in, in the midst of trying to stop Skeletor gets wounded or something. So he ends up at the palace needing help. Man at arms fixes him up. So then you have him trusting them because he saved his life. Boom. Ipso facto. Boom. You got it. And I mean, I don't know. The whole thing with Skeletor, it's like I'm I'm get I am getting a little bit tired of every every story. Now you have to have a new Skeletor. Like what's so bad about Skeletor just being Skeletor for a for a story, you know? I mean exactly. That's what Revelation did it. Revolution's <clears throat> still doing it because he's got the uh, techno virus going on. You have this doing it. You had God Skeletor or whatever he was called and I mean, it, it's just, you know, it, I do miss the days that it was literally just, here's He-Man with either the power sword or the axe, shield and power sword, versus here's Skeletor with the Havoc Staff. Boom. You got a good fight right there. And every time it has to be, he's got to one-up him in one way or another, and it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it feels like video game storytelling, then it feels like, let's tell a story where they have to go head to head against each other, you know? Agreed. I, I don't know. Every time, every time I get, he's consistent. He is consistent. He's consistent. Honestly, I'll admit like he had me more hook, line and sinker on the first two issues than he did with me in any of the previous ones that he's worked on. Cause the, the whole multiverse one, Really, I, I, like the first issue threw me out the window because I really didn't like how much he had anti-attorney He-Man talking. Yeah. But then, um, what was the the other one that he had? Uh, it, not not the one of uh, the multiverse one, but the the uh, no, that wasn't him. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the the Revelation prequel. Yeah, he did. did. He did. He did multiverse and masterverse, yeah. and now this. And, and like the multiverse one, at least some of those worlds were interesting to go, hey, what would you do if you could tell more stories in some of those worlds? But 
yeah, at the end of the day, man, the the best thing this has going is the art. Yes. And that is it, it like I'm not feeling like I'm wasting my money because Eddie Nunez is knocking this thing out of the park even if the story is not working. And visually, this is a representation of Masters where I'm like, he's feeding, he's feeding my soul in this, the way he's drawing these characters, and he's feeding my fandom about it. But I would love for someone who is not Tim Seeley to work on it and give him something where it's really like, oh, we're getting the good stuff now, you know? Yeah. <sighs> You think we, if we ever meet Tim Seeley, he's going to try to fight us in a parking lot? Let's go! <laughs> Legends of Grace go live. Legends of Grace go versus Tim Seeley. <laughs> so, Forge Destiny issue four. As General Storm soldiers close in on King Randor, He-Man and Tila make their stand against the evil polluting the heart of the island. But now that Skeletor wields the power of the Forge itself, can anything stop the Lord of Destruction? Prince Adam's first year as He-Man comes to an explosive conclusion. And interesting to note here, oh. uh, it does say in the comic it says on sale December 6th, but if you go to Dark Horse's website, it says December 20th. So apparently there was a two-week delay. Um, they made Tim Seeley rewrite this issue so that we don't talk about him badly anymore. I I would I would love to say it was something like that, but I have <laughs> reached out to some people I know, and they said they have already read the advance copies, so mm -hmm. it's done. For whatever would... reason, it's not. It's just not shipping. Until the 20th now. But I, I couldn't I, find any reason why. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, hell, it's been three three months now. It's the beginning of the month that there's that issue. Right. Yeah, but uh, it's always the first, uh, the first, the first Wednesday week. of the month. Yeah. Which should be a week from today, but it, it's yeah. not. It'll be right before Christmas, which means we definitely won't review it until after Christmas. Maybe after the new year. Uh, yeah. Just, just being honest with you guys. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, so one of the things that we said earlier <coughs> about the listeners and, yeah. and how you know we got to find a lot of the audio listeners, and we did have someone in particular who I, I, it really, it really warmed my heart to know he really enjoyed that we have a positive take on things typically and. You know, he, he really enjoyed our perspective on things and, you know, we weren't turning it into like, we're not trying to gatekeep masters. We're trying to make it that we are yeah. uh, just, you know, sharing the love that we have for it. And what gets me, and this is this is why the Tim Seeley joke for me is is just like killing me, is just the fact if we do Tim Seeley anything, we end up going bitter or at least, I wouldn't say bitter, but we definitely not, are not as positive as we I'm normally not will be. Bitter, Sean. I'm just disappointed. Dude, that's worse. That's the dad speak there. Every it time, is though. I am it, just disappointed. It, it's in true. It. It's true. And and I'm I'm gonna say, no matter what, issue four, 
I'm sure is going to have art that is going to just wow the hell out of me. Yes. Now, will Tim Seeley stick the landing? Who knows? But issue three did not make me feel like the landing will be stuck quite as no. well as it would if issue two just ended. And we just read that one. Correct. But we didn't go into it blindly. We were not stupid about this. We kept saying that the whole time, which makes me feel like at least we didn't get a rope-a-dope on this. We did go into this saying, we love it, but... (laughs) I was hoping I was wrong, though. No, I... I just want (laughs) you to prove me wrong one time, Tim. And especially, I'll say this, too, for you, especially with it being one of your guys. Yeah. This is about Cyclone. And what's funny is the poor guy hasn't even become Cyclone yet. And he's barely in the issue. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll show up at the last second. To... He'll save the day. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably, he'll probably be the one that like takes control of the forge over from Skeletor. And then he becomes mm-hmm. the leader and stuff. And Yeah. Spoilers. That probably does happen. It would not surprise me. Yeah. They're <laughs> definitely, like I said, they're definitely saving that up. I just, I really wish he just had more. Like, is it, he had the big robbery in the first issue that we didn't even get to see. Uh, mm-hmm. He looked like a badass here, but, like, in the moments that should have been his, like, come to Jesus, like, oh, this a- Adam isn't the one that did it. Like, we completely bypassed that to get him electrocuted by the power of Grayskull. He now knows Adam's secret, which Cyclone is not one that should share the secret. Like... Agreed. You know. But <laughs> What if, so, so what if him electrocuting him is his way of saying I'm sharing with you? <laughs> I just realized this. I share. There, see, I shared. <laughs> it's got that like it's like the way my kids deal with each other. It's that whole. Well, I shared with him. Yeah, why is he crying about it though? Well, I kicked him before I gave it to him. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> but again, like in the in the yes, he, he shazammed him. Yeah. You know. But like okay, the whole rest of the issue has been the whole thing about how we have to lie to everybody and that's why their actions are justified. But like he meets random dude with a radar chest and he's like, Oh, but I'll tell you everything. <laughs> this is that moment. Like <laughs> No, like I, that moment. I, I'll also say this real quick: is that moment was that whole okay? Do I do the havoc staff here, or do I keep it as a cosmic, cosmic enforcer? Because out of anything that you had disliked, yeah, that was the moment where even I'm reading it going, "This is bullshit." Like that, that was unnecessary. It was just no. Like you don't, you you do not just. It, it's like. How many times in in how many places, like we already said, yep. could could something like that have gone a different way? And why would it be Cyclone of all characters? Yeah, like really. Now, now, even if they had pulled a 2000X MYP where they're like Cyclone gets distracted, has to go do something, and he changes into Adam to slip out of the the robot yeah. arms because they're stationary at yeah. that point, just pinning him. Like okay, but. You know, to change back to convince him and then not even convince him, just electrocute him. It's like... <laughs> I love that purpose. He just fries the poor kid. It's like, you 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 haven't had enough crap happen to you. Hey, Dashiell. 
<laughs> but it's like, what, what, what? Why do we have any reason to believe that he's not going to go upgrade to Cyclone and come right back and beat Adam up? Like he has not convinced him that he hasn't exactly. done anything. So exactly, that, we could go round and round on this. But. There's there's too many loose threads in a three issue tail that has to end yep. next issue and right. they're not all going to get sewn up properly you can just tell they never are no they never are <sighs> all right but legion's con was great legion's <laughs> con was great <laughs> uh before we go i did pick up we kind of we kind of jumped right into talk in the beginning of the episode but i did pick up the world's smallest slime pit He-Man yesterday. Nice. Um, and really, I picked him up. He's he's the same as the world's smallest He-Man, just translucent green. Um, but the reason I picked him up is because he's one of the new packs that comes with a mini, mini, mini comic. So. And it actually is. Oh man, it is mini. Jeez, it, it's the full mini comic. Wow. It is the entire thing, panel for panel. Uh, the back is just replaced the vintage toys with world's smallest figures. Um, but it, the mini comic is that a new one or is that a like no? A, it's a re. It's the hordes of Hordak. Oh, okay. I could, okay. It's 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 a vintage one. So there's. Hordes of Hordak, yeah. Ultimate Battleground, Eye of the Storm, and Snake Attack. Man. Um, and then for you old people, it also comes with a magnifier. <laughs> like me. So that, you, that. so that you can read it. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Yep. But the, that's a great case, again, to me, of like other companies are doing this stuff and reminding us of what it was like. And Mattel, just it, they're not quite clicking it the way that they need to for the brand that being theirs you know because yep. that to me feels more masters than the origin stuff with the new comics and there are a couple that i will take off the table of of criticizing because i know nate worked on them and beautiful artwork and everything but for the most part those comics just did not have the same heft story-wise as the one you're holding yeah so AS can read his his Masters of the Universe. There you go. Mini comic. They're they're <laughs> a little big for six inch figures. I think uh, I got to get one a shot with a Mondo figure. Mondo, I think they'd be yeah. the perfect size for Mondo. With these guys, it's it's more like the magazine. Yeah, um, it, it looks like almost a newspaper for him. Yeah, but so. but no, like Mondo, that'd be freaking great. Jeez. Yeah, all my Mondo figures are over there, but yeah. <laughs> But yes, that's why I uh, they they had him and the green goddess Tila. Um, I don't think I need them all, but I definitely needed at least one mini, mini, mini comic. So hmm. I don't blame you. Good times. Although I've been trying to be good, we got the holidays and all yeah. that. So i i'll admit i don't have it yet but i i did get a couple of purchases in for some stuff because Ooh. the classics collection behind me i've had to use to help the family out in the last few years 
And I just got to a point where I was looking at eBay going, I need a few of these back that I let go of that I didn't want to, but I knew they would be a higher priced one. Um, <laughs> so just recently I saw, I run, amazingly Beast Man, who I have one of him, but I had two of them at one point, And I like that I could display them in different places because I have more than one Skeletor in my collection. Right. I found him for like 70 bucks the other day. Nice. Which is high for anyone collecting something that isn't classics, but he was almost a $200 figure at one point. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, I got him, and then I really wish I never got rid of the Skelcons that I had. Found one on there for a, a price I was willing to pay, and I'll try to find another one later, maybe next year. But uh, that both of those are on their way to me, and... I don't know, those Skelicons, or Skelcons, I mean, those yeah. are some of my They're favorite fun. figures in classics, because I just, I love them, right? It's like Beastman on one side, Skelcon on the other side, and there's there's a Skeletor in the middle, and I don't know, I just, I love those figures, because there's something that scratches an itch that we never got in the original line. So Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's that I time agree. of year, I'm letting myself have a little bit of fun, but not trying <laughs> to go crazy, but I just love to have that shelf be as diverse as it was uh like three years back or whatever so working on it slowly but surely i love it all right we want to thank everybody for tuning in we will be back i think our next episode should be our holiday special <laughs> which we are forcing sean <laughs> to watch the he-man and she-ra christmas special this year so uh, still toying around with how we're exactly going to do it, but stay tuned for that. Um, and we will have Curtis Ackerman joining us for that episode, and he is really excited about it. It's it's funny to me how the two of you guys are basically buddy from Elf about this, and I'm going to be so Scrooge, it's going to kill me. But. That means we'll that means Trevor Williams will flat out say I'm the asshole of the four of us on off. Because <laughs> the other night he was like, "Oh, Sean, you're killing me." When I was talking smack about Christmas, yeah. maybe we can rekindle the Christmas spirit in Scavar's dead heart. I, I think Scavar has some snapping to do that. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, go read some comics. Oh, come on.